So I'm going to beat up on uh, these Castle Island Island Venture partners, Nick Carter and Matt Walsh, for their podcast that was basically with Zach Prince, the CEO of BlockFi, a week ago to this day. They did a podcast with him trying to shore up BlockFi and, and calm the market. But what they really did was commit fraud, and I'm going to you know explain why. So both Nick Carter and Matt Walsh of Castle Island Ventures were insiders, investors in BlockFi. They had on Zach Prince to try to calm the markets. And um, this was a week ago, of course, before the news, I think that, F- well, no, the, the there was a leak that FTX was going to give BlockFi $250 million. Uh, credit line, um, but you know Zach Prince in the interview just pushed this off as as strengthening their balance sheet, and both Matt Walsh and Nick Carter have basically said it's not a bailout. Uh, it's it's just shoring up their their strength of BlockFi, which was obviously a lie. Um, this is a distressed company. BlockFi is a distressed company, and I want to point out you know a, a tweet thread. And this was just yesterday, where the start of it is CNBC. FTX closes in on deal to buy embattled uh, crypto lender BlockFi for $25 million in fire sale. So basically, this is saying $25 million for the equity, I suppose. But they also had this $250 million credit line uh, to, to BlockFi. So this one guy says in response to this, and uh, he says, Nick Carter, any part of you annoyed with Zach coming on your pod last week and acting like current situation, a blip on the radar. This appears to be a disaster. And then another guy responds, you know, with, you know, Matt Walsh, his partner, his business partner, you got to make a statement or at least reflect on the regret that you cut a statement about GBTC from the Kyle interview, but on the same day, let the CEO of your of a company you're invested in blather on and bash the rest of the industry when they're just as bad. Matt Walsh responds, disagree with your characterization, but rest assured, we'll talk about it on the podcast this week. Um, and then Nick Carter also responds to the same tweet. Nope, depositors are absolutely fine. Withdrawals never suspended. Equity holders lose money. No one else. So, um, this was before, so this podcast last week on a Friday, you know, of course was before this FTX deal went through and even today or yesterday when the CNBC posted this article, it didn't say it was officially closed. It said they were nearing on the close. So it's not even officially pinned in ink supposedly. And Nick Carter is already saying depositors are absolutely fine. Um, in a deal that hasn't even technically, you know, happened yet. So that that's my problem with his his statement is that it's a misstatement. It's a forward-looking statement. Uh, he is correct in that you know BlackFi's withdrawals were never suspended, and that equity holders would lose money in this FTX deal. Uh, but he's basically saying he's responding again to this tweet that said you you know Matt Walsh you got to make a statement or at least reflect on the regret of you that you didn't, um, 
that you bat, you know, that 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 you lashed out at all these uh, these other industry lenders, but but yet you you know you you didn't push on Zach Prince, you know, the CEO of a company you're invested in, uh, because you were partial to this company, and you just let him blather on and clearly make misleading statements, clearly misleading statements about the future of BlockFi and about how hurt how hurt they are, how desperate they are for this FTX money. I mean, how can this Nick Carter guy ignore that? How can he say he doesn't feel any regret? He shouldn't, you know, that they, this was a perfect interview. Obviously, he's biased here. Now, um, so depositors might not be hurt if this deal actually goes through, which, of course, it it hadn't, it's not official yet. It's just a speculation. Uh, so he can't make this claim that depositors are absolutely fine. Um, you know, he can say for, he can say that withdrawals were never suspended fine, but he can't say that depositors are absolutely fine. And he can't say that he's saying that to, you know, yesterday when the deal hasn't even closed, like it looks like it's going to, but it hasn't closed, but, but he's referring to a podcast he made last Friday, right? Last Friday where they already had the, you know, the leak of the $250 million credit line from FDX was announced. But how much did Nick Carter know then? And he clearly knew that it hadn't been signed in ink yet. There could have been another deal. There was a phone call leaked, you know, from Morgan Creek that they were looking for an alternate deal to propose to try to save the equity holders. Uh, so this Nick Carter guy a week ago had no clue or at least nothing was set in stone, right, to say that the depositors would have been saved. Because if the Morgan Creek deal had gone through, perhaps uh, depositors wouldn't have been saved. And technically speaking, until it's dotted, you know, cross your T's, dot your I's, until it actually is signed, uh, nothing has gone through. So the fact that he says depositors are, quote unquote, absolutely fine, is a misleading statement. And the fact that he... I hope he listened to this interview that his coworker, his co-partner of this Castle Island Venture, you know, VC company, um, Matt Walsh interviewed Zach Prince. I don't think Nick Carter was on the call, but he should have listened to it. And he should have known that Matt Walsh didn't push this guy, Zach Prince. And Zach Prince gave a completely misleading uh, answer statement about questions about solvency, about questions about why they need the credit line about anything. He was like opaque as a wall, a brick wall. I mean, he wasn't letting anything through. He basically said the company's not distressed. And this whole entire week, Nick Carter has been talking about, along with his partner, Matt Walsh, has been talking about how it's not a bailout, right? It's not a bailout if it's not government money, if it's not public money. No, that's not the definition of a bailout. A bailout basically means that your company is distressed and basically you have to take any deal that comes your way. And what the rumors are is that, you know, FTX is going to buy BlockFi for pennies on the dollar. So how can this Nick Carter say this isn't a fire sale? How can he say, how can he support the claims of, you know, the interview done by Matt Walsh and Zach Prince's statement saying that this isn't um, that big of a deal. This company's not distressed. This is just to strengthen our balance sheet. How can he possibly stand by this guy? How can he possibly stand by now, I get that he can't really throw, you know, a company that he's invested in under the bus, 
but he shouldn't be lying. Like this guy should not be lying about uh, BlockFi, a company he's invested in. He should not be lying. And, um, you know, lying is, is technically a crime, like especially if you're an insider. Um, he's lying to customers. He's lying to the broader market. Uh, but he has no duty really to the broader market. I'd say he has a duty to customers. So Nick Carter has been lying to customers, in my opinion. These tweets prove he's been lying for a whole week about the nature of BlockFi's bailout, the nature of what a bailout means for BlockFi, the nature of why BlockFi is so on the hook and has to take these this deals because they're, they're basically a distressed company. They have to take what they can get. Now nothing is, you know, this is all, you know, rumor until it's actually done. But the fact that this guy is just lying out of his teeth, um, you can't lie. You cannot lie about products that you sell in a market. And Nick Carter is responsible because Nick Carter is an investor of BlockFi. He, through his firm, Castle Island Ventures, he is an equity owner. And when you're an equity owner, you own part of the company. And when you're selling goods and services into the market, you cannot lie to your customers. If you lie to your customers about what you're selling or the health of your company or about, uh, you know, whether depositors could, could potentially lose money, uh, you're committing fraud. So in my opinion, these tweets are evidence of fraud. And I am very shocked that he's willing to to lie. Like, I'm so shocked this guy is willing to lie about what this BlockFi company is doing. Um, I, I'm just, you know, Zach Prince too. He's at fault too. Like he's, maybe he's more at fault because he's the CEO. He should know more about the company and its dealings. And he was allowed to go onto this show. And I blame the hosts of this show for letting him spew this nonsense. But I also blame the CEO himself for making obvious misstatements about the company's health trying to trick the market, trying to trick their customers into not withdrawing from BlockFi. And I, I think that, that BlockFi probably made some bad bad deals. Um, I have to assume they made some bad deals. But I think what doomed them was this overall sentiment of we can't trust any of these lenders. Uh, if, if, if they go under, our deposits are gone. I'm not going to go, on, go under for BlockFi. And you know, this guy, Zach Prince, a week ago told, told us, told the whole market that only 10% of client money is available at any one time. Uh, so we have no idea if these people are going to repay these loans. So 90% of their books uh, of the money that they owe, that they, you know, owe customers technically is just not there. Yeah. We have no idea, uh, if they can repay. They haven't been open about their collateralization, about their ability to, you know, retain, um, any kind of semblance of, of a collateralized loan uh, where if the person doesn't pay, they could just sell the assets in the market, and recoup the, the loan value. Like why would we trust BlockFi? Why would we trust Nick Carter and Matt Walsh? Um, these people have clearly committed fraud uh, in the last week, just in the last week. I mean, I don't know, maybe they've committed fraud previously, but um just because BlockFi is not a publicly traded company doesn't mean that these two people can't be can't commit fraud. And I'll add Zach Prince in there too, 
He's also committing fraud by lying. You cannot lie about the health of your company. You cannot make misstatements about the product that you're selling uh, just to shore up your customer base to, to, you know, he's doing everything he can to, to prevent people from withdrawing uh, money. Well, maybe he should have stopped withdrawals, although that would have doomed the company anyways, because in my opinion, this is an industry built on trust. And if you stop withdrawals, people are just going to not never trust you again. So that would have been the beginning of the end for BlockFi. But the problem is, is that the, the withdrawals didn't stop. And the fact that they didn't have more you know, cash sitting there to make withdrawal attempts uh, doomed their business. And, you know, this looks a lot like a bank. Like maybe, you, you know, BlockFi's main mistake was that they advertised themselves as a bank. And they, you know, even Zach Prince, he did this interview. I'm surprised his investors right, let him go on this show. He basically said, again, we only have 10% liquid uh, deposits ready to make withdrawals. And he also said um, that we've, we have a seven-day policy for redemptions because we also have seven-day uh, maturities on some, some short-term loans. Uh, but he, he tried to say that we match maturity of the loan with you know, what interest rate you're going to get. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that if you have people bringing you, bringing you Bitcoin or other cryptos to lend, you should be telling them, hey, you can't withdraw your crypto or Bitcoin for at least a year or however long you think it's going to take to generate interest on whatever you've promised these people. Again, this is an investment contract. It's a security and BlockFi wasn't abiding by the rules. They listed unregistered securities. In my opinion, they broke the law. Technically, all of these people belong in jail. The founders of BlockFi, the investors of BlockFi, including Nick Carter and Matt Walsh, they belong in jail for basically funding and promoting unregistered securities products. Uh, these people are just as bad as the people that, that founded the company. They're investors of the company. They should have known better. They broke the law willingly. Uh, I want to get Nick Carter on here. I want to ask him point blank. Do you think that the SEC was right to point out that BlockFi's products, you know, saying that you can get this interest product uh, uh, by depositing your Bitcoin with us? I want to ask Nick Carter point blank. Do you think this is, un- is do you think this is a security offering? Right. Do you do you believe that the SEC was right when they find BlockFi? You know, they should have they actually should have shut BlockFi down. Right. But they find them. Right. And BlockFi wasn't allowed to list this product to anyone else, but they were still allowed to continue the people that already bought this product. Now, the people that already bought this product, the people that have lost money in BlockFi can sue the shit out of BlockFi. I'm surprised that FTX wanted to touch this, you know, with a five put five five inch pole. Right, because now if FTX takes over BlockFi, guess who's on the hook? FTX. If I've lost money in BlockFi, I can come after you, right? And I can sue you because there's already been a precedent set that you that BlockFi listed this un you know unregistered security, unregistered securities product, and they're on the hook for any of my losses. So I would encourage anyone, even if you've just lost money with BlockFi, um, even if you just lost money by Bitcoin going down or any other crypto asset going down that you happen to hold on BlockFi, you can redeem your losses by suing the shit out of these people because they listed an unregistered unregistered security. It doesn't matter what Bitcoin or any other crypto did in the marketplace. It doesn't matter that it went down in price. They listed unregistered securities products. Uh, they were fined. That sets a precedent. You have every right to sue these people for for unregistered securities fraud, sue the company, sue the investors, sue Nick Carter, Matt Walsh, Peter Thiel, 
uh, any, you know, Pomp, anybody that I could think of, right? All these VC funds that were invested in this product, Morgan Creek. Uh, I saw Bank Capital. There's a bunch of them, right? Sue all of them for, uh, you know, selling you an unregistered security. In my opinion, anyone who is a backer of this BlockFi product should have known better, should have done their due diligence, didn't give a shit. Nick Carter doesn't give a shit about unregistered securities. Uh, he should be blamed. He should be sued. And technically, he should technically be in jail because selling unregistered securities is a crime. So Matt Walsh, Nick Carter, technically Peter Thiel, any of these VCs that back this product basically skirted the law uh, and technically deserve jail. Even if you just lost money on the fact that block, you know, Bitcoin went down, Ethereum went down, whatever kind of product you had uh, that, that you had and you put it with BlockFi, getting a yield on that product, uh, that was an unregistered security. It doesn't matter that, that it just went down in price, even if FTX saves a day for BlockFi. It doesn't matter that it went down in price. You can recoup those losses based on the fact that BlockFi did not give you proper disclosures, basically committed fraud when they sold you an unregistered securities product. So I recommend suing these people uh, to oblivion. And I really do think that these people should be held accountable. I think that if we had a proper justice system, they would be going after these people. They would actually be prosecuting them criminally. Uh, and people would be allowed to uh, to sue them privately in civil court and recoup all of their losses.